Welcome to Level Up with Adrian Cruz. Welcome back to the Level Up show. My name is Adrian Cruz. I'm, the, I'm your host. And today I got a special guest. Someone I've kind of like looked up to from a distance. Um, she's been buying a lot of houses even before me in the little town Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, her name is Corey Lynn with Lynn Buys Houses. How are you today, Corey? I'm great, Adrian. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you didn't, I don't know if you knew that, but you're part of the main reason why I wanted to get in real estate, because I'm like, man, I, I saw all these houses getting fixed up, and I was like, I told myself, actually, specifically, one address that I went to back in, like, 2017, you know, I think it was, like, El Dorado, or I think it was El Dorado, cul-de-sac. I remember. It was um, blue. It was blue. Mm-hmm. It had, like, a little two-car garage detached in the back, and at the time, you know, 17, uh, 2017, I was, you know, starting to, you know, get some traction with selling cars. I was flipping cars at the time. And uh, I remember I was like, man, I need to go look for a house and just buy one. So that was one of the houses that I looked at was uh, El Dorado. And I really liked the way you guys did it. It had like this cool, like you overlooked on the other side and there was like a living room. And then you walk around back and there was a two car garage. And I was like, man, this would be a great house for my uh, flipping cars because that's what I was doing full time before I got into real estate and then I kind of just started looking into it and then you had popped up everywhere I don't even know how many flips you've done now how many flips have you done now in Cheyenne Wyoming so I had a partner when we started and we started in 2013 and we um, I don't have a partner any longer but through that course of history I'd guess 400 transactions 400. And we did, you know, we did some out of Cheyenne. Um, we didn't wholesale very much because our goal, we got a lot later start than at your age. We would have been a lot smarter had we started earlier, but um, our whole goal was to accumulate enough to buy a rental property. So we got after it and we did predominantly flips, very few wholesales. Yeah. And then you're retired now, correct? I am working towards getting retired, yes. Okay. I and would be completely retired if not for buying this hotel. So if you guys don't know Corey Lynn, she obviously, like she said, she's, you know, done 40 deal, 400 deals. But she had also, you know, done a lot of other, you know, ventures just like this hotel that you just bought. You know, this is a big project. And she has a restaurant downstairs. It's called Paris West here in Cheyenne, Wyoming. But um, like you're, this is like a big flip pretty much, right? And what's so there's 88 units and I convinced myself that it was just 88 little flips. Uh, It didn't really pan out that way, but um, the building was built in 1961. It was a hotel, had been a hotel for years and just fell into really a huge degree of disrepair. It has exterior balconies that are concrete. It has an 81 space underground parking garage and structurally it was just in awful shape. I mean the systems were bad in itself but structurally before we even bought it um, I partnered up with Carter Ward who's a local business owner and he has some specialties in carbon fiber wrap 
And so he talked to, to his credit, a hundred engineers from all over the country, and 98 of them suggested that we tear it down. Mm. If you flip it all, you know that that's just easier said than done because disposal fees are astronomical. Mm -hmm. So we kind of determined that to tear it down would be more expensive than what we thought it would to fix it up. Mm -hmm. So he kept searching, searching, searching. He found two engineers out of 100 that said there might be a chance and one engineer out of Tucson who said, we think we can get that done. And so, you know, here we are two years down the road and they did in fact get it done. So they said that they have restored it to its almost original structural integrity. integrity. Yeah. And it's doing pretty good, this this room that we're in now. We're, we're in one of the hotel rooms and it looks great in here. You got the, it's very trendy, you know, you got the wallpapers up here and you said it was, I'm not sure, but the last meeting, it was pretty, I mean, the occupancy rate is pretty low, we're, right? We're getting there. We're, um, so, you know, we fit, we were behind schedule because we got a pretty fancy mechanical heating and air conditioning system that was delayed in shipping by nine months and had some other issues just because it's supposed to save $100,000 a year in heating and air conditioning costs, but it's pretty technical. And so that has caused us a few issues that delayed our timeline. So we were hoping to be done in the spring, have all summer to ramp up with occupancy during the really busy time, and then be pretty steady by the fall. What actually happened is we didn't get done until the fall, and now we're trying to ramp up in the dead of winter, which doesn't always work very well. Wow. So um, we're, we're getting by. I mean, we have some traveling nurses and we have some contractors here working on the Microsoft building. So the whole reason that I thought it was going to be a phenomenal deal was all the building in Cheyenne, the housing shortage. People don't want to really commit to a conventional lease because they don't really know what their future holds with moving around with construction. So I think that two months, I think will be full, but it, you know, it's not easy to get there. So we're just plugging away. So we have that demographic. We have some people that live here full time. We have people that have lived here for years, 10 years, and they lived in squalor. I mean, mm. when we bought it, it was same mattresses, I'm sure, from 1961. Um, but they, they're happy here. So we told them if they wanted to stay through the construction, they would always have a home here. So they live here full time. We have other people that just it's pretty simple living. Mm -hmm. I mean, you basically bring your toiletries and your clothes and you're ready to go. It's all furnished, all dishes, you know, anything you need. There's a laundry room downstairs. So I think there's also an element that people, I think, want to live a more minimalist lifestyle. You get to a certain age where stuff is just overrated. I'm there now. <laughs> yeah, and you just want to have more experiences than stuff. True. So we have residents who just like being downtown. It's cool to see downtown. Um, when I grew up here, downtown was thriving. Then it went through, you know, rough period, and it's fun to see that it's on its way back. So there's just people that want to be down here, be able to walk to dinner, be able to walk yep. to have a drink. Yes, so. it's nice living downtown. I actually lived downtown for, I think, three or four years in a little condo when I was starting to do my first flips just to keep my expenses low. But I do miss downtown. It's a, you know, walking to the restaurants and to your bars and 
you don't have to worry about drinking and driving. You can just walk there at a depot or something like that. Um, and it makes you feel like you're not in Cheyenne either. So that's a good, you know, feeling that I always, you know, waking up and you're seeing, you know, and for me too, I'm a, I'm a runner. So like in the mornings I would go run three or four in the morning when everyone's asleep through Cheyenne downtown. Um, it was definitely like peaceful and, you know, I love doing that. Yeah. But for the people that actually like that don't know you very well, cause I actually don't even really know your story that well either. I, all I know is that you were in the military and then National Guard, correct? Uh, so I worked for the Department of Defense at the Army National Guard. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you just started flipping houses. But, like, let's go into more detail. Like, where'd you grow up? Like, all the good stuff. So I grew up here. Um, I have three brothers. Um, my dad was a small business owner for years. Uh, he was a partner in an oil company called Fleshley Oil. Okay. And very successful. He had a partner, Gus Fleshley, the two of them, great partners, very successful. Um, so he retired. He was 50 years old when he retired. And, you know, when you're younger, you don't really appreciate how wise your parents are. And unfortunately, both my parents passed away pretty early in life and before I started this. And so I wish that my dad was still alive because he was a phenomenal businessman. Um, I always tease him. His partner's name was Gus and Gus was very outgoing and, you know, ran for governor and very outgoing. So I always tease that Gus was the guy kissing the baby, shaking the hands. And my dad was the guy in the office making it all work. And that's kind of my personality. So it, you know, it really makes me appreciate what my dad and Gus built and what they went through. I remember I started working out there when I was 11 and they had a office and they supplied diesel fuel and products to mines all over Wyoming in the day where that was a booming business. So they had 5,000 gallon oil tanks that they would haul back from Gillette or wherever they were. My job as an 11 year old was to climb inside, um, brush them out with you know kerosene to get the remnants of the diesel fuel out so they could send more product out. And then their logo was bright, bright orange. So they stuck me out in this field um, to clean out these big oil tanks and then paint them orange so they could haul them back to the mines. So I was around that my whole life, had zero appreciation really for what a small business owner <laughs> goes through. I remember eventually I got promoted to being in the office counting change and I remember my dad and Gus being freaked out, always preparing to go talk to the bank because cash flow is always an issue. I mean, people think that small business owners are rolling in the dough. I mean, I tease every payday, you got to look in the couch cushions to make sure you have enough money. True. So I didn't appreciate that, but I remember um, how stressful it was for them. And um, so, you know, I moved away for a while. I lived in Seattle for 10 years and came back and started working at the guard. I worked out there for 23 years. And then, you know, I think like most people who want to make a change and want to work for themselves, you don't know what you don't know. And I knew nothing about mm -hmm. real estate and um, heard an ad on the radio. And my business partner at the time had to convince me because it's not really my personality. I mean, I'm, I'm really pretty shy 
And so I knew that I was really going to have to step out of my comfort zone to be Lynn. I talk about Lynn like she's another person and kind of she's taken on this personality because those are things I'm just not comfortable with doing as Corey. Um, so, you know, to his credit, he really pushed me out of my comfort zone and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be here today if not for that pushing because I don't know that I would have had the courage to do it on my own. Um, so that was successful for a long time and then I was really so blessed to meet Rick Lara, um, who's a realtor with number one properties and he's been doing this since he was 18 mm -hmm. and he is just, he is just one of the greatest guys. And he really, I remember going to my first sheriff's auction scared to death because yeah. you know, you have to pay if you buy it, you have to pay that day. Yep. And that's a big commitment and you don't get to see the house necessarily. Yep. You know, as you progress through your career, you find tricks and, and so maybe you're a little more knowledgeable, but at the time you don't know. It's scary. Yes. Yeah. So it's yep. terrifying. And so right away, I didn't know who Rick was, but right away you could tell when you go, he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, who is the players? Yeah, yeah. so I would. I went for months and just watched him. And then I said, well, if he's, if he's going to bid, I'm going to bid. <laughs> and so it started off, yeah. and, you know, and he's so friendly. He talks to everybody. And so he had kind of taken me under his wing, and I said, well, now several months later, I think I'm ready to bid. But if you bid, I'm going to bid. And so it was really friendly at first. And then we came out with the system, you know, let's not run each other up. Let's just say, if you want that one, I'll step out and vice versa. So that has just been the greatest relationship and really blessed to, to call him a friend and mentor. Yeah. So, so when your partner, you said that you guys heard that radio ad. And that's kind of what got you into real estate. What was that, real, that radio ad? So the, the program that we took, it was called Fortune Builders. Mm. You know, there's a ton of them out there. This one was they were going to be in Fort Collins and flip houses and, and all the things. And again, zero knowledge of anything real estate. Had bought and sold a couple of houses personally, zero knowledge. My parents lived in the same house for 40 years. I mean, no exposure to it at all. And so we went to this class and it was pretty fascinating. And so tons of information. It was a three-day class and there was a opportunity to interview and get selected for like a master course. Mm -hmm. And so we did because again, we got started late and it's probably all stuff that if you work hard enough like you have, you can find it on bigger pockets and network and, and find all of that. We just didn't have that time. Mm -hmm. You know, we needed to get after it if we were going to build this retirement program um, that we wanted to build. So we bought the program and it was it, it was a great program. Um, you know, still a member today. You could call them anytime. You were assigned a coach for a year. How much um, was that? Program. I think at the time it was not that much, like six grand maybe. That's still a lot. A lot of people won't even spend that money on themselves like that. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of like taking college classes, really. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it like an investment in your future. And so we said if we, if we really do what we wanted to do, and our goal at the time, we were both working full time, 
um, and he was actually working overseas. Um, so if we really do what we want to do and we do 20 deals a year, then it's going to pay for itself in hopefully one deal. And it's going to make us all that much smarter, that much quicker, mm -hmm. because you know you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, people, I think, get paralyzed by fear. You're going to lose some money. You're just for going sure. to. And if you just accept that that's the cost of the education and it's the cost of doing business, I mean, you can't repeat it mm -hmm. often, but if you just accept the fact that no matter how hard you work and how smart of decisions that you make, at some point you're going to lose some money. I mean, James talks about his story and I mean, he was wiped out, right? And look at him. He's just like the phoenix rising from the sun. <laughs> Started all over again and, and look at him. Um, but a lot of people let either that fear or they do run across a failure. I've told you before that I think it was our third house had to write a check for 40 grand to sell it because we made stupid decisions and we were, we thought at the time that the aftermarket value was the aftermarket mm. or fix up value that, you know, was just in stone. Right. Again, because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you can't really learn it until you just start getting your hands dirty and doing it. So we were over time, we were over um, budget, and we had miscalculated the after repair value. Mm. And so sometimes, especially in the market of the last three or four years, you could get one of those wrong and still be okay, but never can you get all three wrong and be okay. Yeah. So we got all three wrong, wrote a check for 40 grand at the closing table, that hurt. Um, and then you say, well, are we going to let that define us or are we going to just dust off, mm -hmm. shed a few tears and, and get back after it? So luckily we agreed we were going to get back after it. And Yeah, I had one of those um, flips like that last year. I actually lost over 100000 on one flip. And same thing. I was like, man, am I going to you know fold and just give up or do I just keep going? And yeah, I mean, that's the only time you really fail is if you give up, right? Third flip though, 40K. See, yeah. I didn't lose my first, you know, deal until like, because like you said, the last three or four years, it's kind of just been really nice for all of us real estate investors. You know, everything would go up in value. If you made a mistake, you'd get it back on selling it a little bit higher. You know, it's just been a lot easier in the last three or four years. But then I'm sure it was a little bit more difficult. But now today, even today's market too, it's a little bit tougher, I would say. But uh, it's cool that you didn't give up. Third deal, $40,000 check that you had to write. That's crazy. And, you know, luckily on our first deal, um, so we, you know, we finished the class on a Sunday and my partner was leaving to work overseas. And so we had a week before he left and we came up with, uh, I shared with you kind of how I do my vision. I mean, my... I don't have a ton of confidence normally, so my confidence comes from being over-prepared. Mm. And so I over-prepared. I mean, everything I could think of that needed to be done, we tried to shove it in that week because that's really all we had before. And then I'm going to get thrown into actually having to go talk to people and mm. what if the phone rings? It, it was terrifying. Yeah. And so do all of these things, go and talk to a bank, all you know, several banks, several brokers, 
um, telling them what we wanted to do, and everybody's like, yeah, sure you are. <laughs> and there really wasn't a lot of other flippers in town. Jim Ward has been doing it for years, and Rick has been doing it for years, um, but not a lot of other people that were doing it, at least visibly. I'm mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of you know agents and stuff that have been doing Once it. Once a but, year, twice a yeah. year. So we bought, we, we finished a class on Saturday, um, I was driving him back to the airport that Friday, and we bought our first house sight unseen um, that Friday. Was it off market or on market? Um, it actually came from an agent, nice. and um, it was an agent that we had talked to. And so, you know, again, you don't know. And so we bought it over the phone, mm. didn't even look at it. And it turned out to be a $130,000 flip. Right, right out of the gate. Wow! So that'll know, get you addicted. <laughs> no, no infrastructure. You know, nothing. There was. Oh, you mean one hundred thirty grand into renovations? Yes, I thought you meant profit. Yeah, it was. It was a lot. I think we. I think we made eighty grand. Yeah, that's if a we good would flip. have done it later in our careers, we probably would have made two hundred grand. Wow! But we were so dumb, <laughs> and the decisions that we made, and the way that we ran the cruise. I, you know, it had a lot of had a lot of fluff in there. Thank goodness, because um, we, if there is a mistake to be made, we made it. Mm. Yeah. And then, and then, so how did you even like just for the audience? Like, maybe someone's listening to, to this and they're in the guard and they're like, "Hey, I want to get started." How did you fund your first flip? Did you just go to a bank and? So, you know, this is I say I was fortunate, but I lost my dad. Um, a few years before that, and he um, had left my brothers and I not, you know, not enough to retire and, and live on, but a little bit, a little bit of a cushion. I was a single mom almost my my daughter's entire life, so I didn't have any money. I mean, it was a struggle for me to make ends meet as a single parent, and so it wasn't like I would have been able to do that necessarily without that little kickstart. Um, but we did go also, we kind of used that as a leverage and we used both of our personal residences as a leverage. And um, so we, the first house we did was hard money. Mm. And we did hard money probably for the first couple of years. And, you know, that's really attractive if you have the money to be a hard money lender it is a little more pricey and that's kind of, it was tough at the time because the interest rate was quite a bit higher than a conventional financing, but it was all worth it because you know, you just build that into the deal and hard money lenders make their money by lending money yeah. and they want to lend money to people who have their shit together. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's really important. I think that people, if you're get, getting started, I think, it's really important to have a plan. It's a business and you have to think of it like a business and you have to have a business plan and you have to have, you know, goals and all the things that you're going to do. I think a lot of people look at it maybe more like it's a hobby. Mm -hmm. And for some people it is, you know, one a year has a good return. That's great. But if you're going to try and make a living at it and build some wealth with a real estate portfolio, you know, you have to treat it like a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What What's some advice that you would get to somebody that is trying to do this? Because it's so popular nowadays to just like 
you know, people on Instagram and TikTok are like, you should flip houses for a living. But like, you know, like me and you talked about it earlier, this is not for everybody. You know, this is a tough business to be in. But if someone was like trying to do this full time, is there any advice that you would give them? So you you did it the right way because you remember you and I, we used to tour houses together on mm-hmm. Friday. Yeah, thank you for that. And, and you and I did that for, you know, two or three times. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, you tell me if I'm right, but it seemed to me that that was kind of an eye opener for you mm-hmm. because you saw houses, you know, we probably had 10 houses going at the time that we did those tours. And I think it was really beneficial for you to see all stages of flipping and it is not just unlike tv i say i have never worn high heels on a job site (laughs) because it is just freaking hard work yeah and you know for years we did a lot of the work ourselves we worked full-time jobs and then we worked um in the houses and we don't have that much skill but you know we could paint we laid floors we laid wood floors we refinished wood floors we tiled um, we did a lot of the work ourselves after we left our eight to five job so there were three or four years that we were working till one or two in the morning and getting back up and going to our real job um, it just depends on how hungry you are and Again, we were hungry because we had a very condensed time frame. But I think you really did a smart thing because you you surrounded yourself with people that were doing it. And so I think you went into it probably with your eyes more open than a lot of people. Because if you get your vision of life from Instagram, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you're going to get a false vision. Yeah. And so I think that was... If, if I was going to give advice, I'd say find a network. It doesn't have to be house flippers necessarily, but I would really suggest finding a network of small business owners, entrepreneurs, because it isn't easy. And they're, you know, long days, few wins here and there, but it is, it's a grind. Mm-hmm. And that is not for everybody. And I think that if you can surround yourself with a group and that, kind of keeps you going. You know, I had Rick early on and then I was blessed that James came into my life and and he's, you know, such a smart guy and he works so hard. So you need those kind of people because if there's anybody, I tease Alf all the time as owner of the bar. I mean, you look at his life on Facebook and he leads this charmed life, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be him because he's always traveling. He's always doing this stuff. But nobody sees the 12 years it took to get to this mm-hmm. point. Everybody yeah. just sees who he is now. But he paid his dues, too. He he worked hard, and, and now he's reaping the rewards of that. So I think it's that. I think you have to be realistic. And I think the way to be realistic is, is find yourself a group of people. That's why the meetup, I think, has really become a great opportunity because there's all levels. And I would encourage anybody to come to the meetup every month because there's all levels of people. And I think it seems like a group, which is pretty rare nowadays, I think there's enough to go around. For sure. And I think that it's a group that we just want each other to be successful. I don't think there's anybody in that group that begrudges how successful you are or Rob is or James is 
it feels like we're all pulling for each other, that's what you need because on the days that are hard, you need to be able to call somebody and say, man, I, I could go bankrupt over this deal. And you need somebody to help pull you through the hard times. And you, and you have to celebrate because there are, there are wins. I mean, as hard as this, this renovation of this building has been, um, it's something I never thought I would be able to do. I mean, it, when I grew up, um, Frontier Days, my parents loved Frontier Days. They would park my brothers and I on that corner. Mm. Now it would be child abuse, but <laughs> they would, because they closed the streets in yeah. the day. And it was the Mayflower. And it was, my dad loved Frontier Days. And so they would close the streets. They'd get us four A&W burgers. They'd park us on that street for all day. We'd yeah. be down there till one o'clock, till one o'clock in the morning. And so this hotel was iconic. I mean, it was a big deal when I was growing up. And so to be able to, you know, be involved and save it and have it be put back as a vital part of the community. I mean, you can't put a price on that. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to go to, you said you're about to retire. So you've done all this achievements, all, all the things you've done, and now you want to retire. What What's your plans when you retire? Because I know you've been traveling, backpacking. You know, I know you're, you know, I see a smile on your face now. I know that really puts a smile to your face when you do stuff like that. Um, what's your plans? Are you just want, want to travel the world? So, you know, really the, we talked about this before, but I think when you start, you have to have a reason to start. Your it, why, right? You yeah, your why. why. It can't. I mean, of course, at the bottom of everything we do, it's a business, right? And so we want to make money. We want to make all the money, whatever that means to us, to be live our level of comfort. And that's different for everybody. But um, I think beyond money, you have to have a why. My why was my daughter and son-in-law, who is my son. Um, and I wanted them to have a different opportunity earlier in life than I had. Mm -hmm. I didn't. You know, it took my dad dying and getting that little bit of money to for me to be able to take a step out and make a change in my life from, or I'd still be at the guard probably. It was a great job for a long time. I loved it, but, you know, I, I wanted to do something different. And I wanted to present them an opportunity to make a different choice if they choose to make it younger than I, I was. Being at the guard, I have, of course, it just, huge heart for veterans and their families and I want to be able to give back in some way to my community and for me that's probably been one of the biggest blessings is Lynn kind of developed the platform I mean the crazy caricature with the wild hair <laughs> um, and so there is some it sounds weird but there is a little bit of notoriety there that has allowed me to be able to do things to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is, I want to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And I did travel for three months last year um, to Thailand, Bali, Dubai, and Croatia. Dang. Love that way better than I thought I would. So I want to, you know, I want to really, I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I know I just don't want to grind every day. Yeah. I, I want to figure out what that looks like for this next phase of my life. I do got to ask, because you were out there for three months, because every time I'm on vacation, after like the third or fourth day, I'm like, okay, let's go back to work. Did you get that when you were out there? Or probably not, huh? Um, I worked, you know, I worked a couple of hours in the morning. The time difference, like, 
in Thailand, I think it was 17 hour time difference. Okay. And so I worked a couple hours in the morning, um, but I, I was fortunate because Carter and my daughter and son-in-law um, and James really stepped in and helped me have the opportunity to be gone with very little worry. Um, we were just about done with the hotel. We had 16 rooms left, so we're right on the tail end of that. If there was someone looking for you, you said your name is kind of still plastered everywhere. I still see your ambulances everywhere. And yeah, it's, if somebody calls a number and, and James's team will probably answer it, but they'll get the message to me. And then um, I'm on Facebook and Messenger and all these places. The downtowner has a Facebook and Paris West has a Facebook. So, Well, like I said, thank you again for coming on and... Uh... Hopefully next year I'll be seeing your pictures in different types, different places in the world. I hope so. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for tuning all right, in. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you on the next. Trying to better my health, but all my life, they be trying to keep me down. All this time, never thought I'd make it out. No, 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 all my life. All my life.